Hello, everybody. Welcome back to Josh the Collins Podcast. This is podcast number seven with Alex Marish. We talk briefly about film and then dive into a pretty controversial, definitely explicit subject right afterwards, which is what the remainder of the podcast is. So this is my beginning trigger warning slash explicit content warning for you. To be completely honest with you, I had some pretty big reservations about putting this podcast up. I reached out to Alex to talk about this topic because I'd seen him uh, post a couple things and I read some stuff on the internet and it was kind of, I was intrigued by the idea of what he was talking about. And after I re-listened to what we talked about, I didn't realize like the extent of the um, explicit content that's in here and just like the horrible, horrible stuff that uh, we talk about. Now, that being said, I don't endorse or really even believe a lot of the stuff that we talked about. You know, a lot of this stuff is just, at the moment, theories. Um, it may or may not be true. I'm nobody that could say definitively one way or another. Personally, I do not believe it. I think that the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle, uh, and I'm very upfront with that. With Alex, as we're talking, I think that he's pretty well aware that I'm, I don't 100% believe this all the way. But either way, it was a very interesting conversation. So just to give you an idea before you listen, we do talk about uh, the idea of human cloning. Um, we talk about a man named Donald Marshall, who is supposedly... Uh, somebody that was heavily involved in this and has given a lot of information on the internet about it. We talk about like child trafficking and sex crimes against children. And we talk about um, like the idea of like the elite of the world getting away with things that they shouldn't be getting away with simply because they're elite. And uh, the things that they're supposedly doing, I think are a little far-fetched, but again, I don't know the whole truth behind anything. And either way, this was a very interesting conversation. So if you're still interested in listening, uh, please enjoy. But uh, keep in mind, I don't endorse one way or another anything in this. This is simply just a conversation. And also, again, if you're not an adult, like if you're under 18, I would even go as far to say if you're under 21, probably don't listen to this. Maybe just skip to the next one. If you do listen to it, make sure you don't listen to it around children, uh, because it, out of nowhere, we might talk about something that's pretty explicit. So uh, thanks for listening. And uh, yeah, we'll see you in the next episode. All right, man. Well, I'm ready to dive into it. Hopefully it's a good conversation. Absolutely. I think this is going to be a good one. So what have you been getting up, up to since high school, by the way? I know uh, you've been posting a lot about film. Have you? Did you go to film school or is that just like a hobby that you've been uh, getting into? Uh, yeah. So I went to film school. Uh, let me see the, uh, the cinema studies program at, uh, UCF. I did that. Um, it was all right. The program itself was, I mean, it was mostly about like, uh, cin obviously the title cinema studies. So we learned about more like not actually making movies, but more about the, the history of movies and the uh, theories and, you know, all, all that good stuff. Um, but I think at one point, I think it was my junior year of actually being at UCF that, I don't know, I was just sitting in class and <laughs> I, just, I felt like I've already been in that class before. Like, you're just listening to this guy talk and then I already knew all the answers, even though I don't know what he's talking about technically, like the topic he's talking about. But I already knew all the answers. And I think it was like right around junior year of UCF, I, was, I just thought to myself, I'm really not digging the going to school to learn uh, an art per se. Um, so I fit, obviously I still finished my degree and whatnot. So I got my degree there. Um, and then after, unfortunately, I mean, I mean, you would probably know too, since you're trying to get videos and stuff done like that, but it's, it's not an easy thing. Like you just don't go popping up somewhere and someone's like, yeah, totally You're hired, you know, uh, especially if you're trying to do a more of a, I, I really like narrative films. 
So people are definitely not going out of their way looking for someone to make a movie for them. Like, yeah. That's not usually how it works. Yeah. And I mean, like with photography, uh, it's the same way. Like the thing that pays most with my photography is weddings. And I don't like shooting weddings that much. You know, my favorite yeah. type of photography is street photos, which is kind of like narrative filmmaking where like people really like it as an art form, but no one's going to pay for it. So exactly. Yeah. Uh, so it's unfortunate. I mean, it's understandable at the same time. It's kind of just the world we live in. I'm not going to curse the world because I don't get to make movies whenever I want. Like, that's kind of dumb. Um, but besides that, that really about sums it up. I mean, I just got hired, actually, to make a mini documentary on my brother, actually. He's been painting murals out here in Orlando and whatnot. Uh, so uh, someone hired me to make one about him, basically. He's, got, he's getting his own one done soon-ish, possibly in the future, yeah, somewhere in near Miami. So we'll see how that turns out. I'm pretty excited to get that going. That sounds like a lot of fun. I've been wanting to make a documentary for a really long time, and I already know what I would make it about. But I've never actually had like that initial, you know, um, beginning where somebody wants you to make it before. That's pretty sweet. Are you excited? I mean, you already said you're excited, but like, are you excited to do a documentary about uh, somebody that's really close to you? Because it's not like you're going to go in there not knowing what you're going to want to shoot i feel like you probably already have like a timeline of like how you want stuff to go in there um i am excited i am uh it's my brother uh he account uh instagram account moshberg yeah he just paints uh a lot actually and it's not one of those like oh he just paints on the side type thing like it's actually very good (laughs) you just have to see it for yourself but he's actually very good surprisingly and not that, you know, I didn't think he was not good or anything. Just that it's actually crazy how good he really is at that. Especially growing up with my brother, you know. You don't really – when I was growing up with him when he was younger, he wasn't really picking up paintbrushes and whatnot. And then lo and behold, here we are. <laughs> He's about to paint a whole mural downtown and whatnot and everything. So uh, I'm, I'm excited. I mean, I want to – I've always wanted uh, to make something about painting in general, just because I do, I have a big, he does have a big influence on a lot of the stuff that I write and make just because uh, I personally think it's crazy how, like I said, I already brought it up, but it is crazy how good he is at it. And I see it. And I guess like in an artist, an artist point of view, like it's easy to get jealous of things because you know, it's still people want to get paid to do it and whatnot. So it, but instead of me kind of just being like, oh, I wish I could do that, I would be like, well, why don't I just actually use my brother's paintings in my films instead of, you know, just saying, I just wish, you know, I could be as good as him or something. That's kind of the way I think about it. So, I mean, I wrote around a couple of stuff around his paintings and whatnot. And now officially someone actually wants me to make something about my brother. And now I feel like get his I mean, get the military life in there, try to get a little story out about what it was like. And then hopefully it turns out to be a banger. Yeah, absolutely. That's a pretty cool opportunity. And I think that, um, yeah, instead of like, you know, sitting back and being like, man, I wish I could do that. I wish I could do this. Uh, taking advantage of, you know, just like saying like, well, somebody is doing this and let me show it off. I think that's pretty, that's pretty cool. By the way, that kind of reminds me, I, uh, I picked up this book the other day. I don't know if you've read this before. It's, uh, oh, it's by Kevin, uh, Smith. It's tough shit by Kevin Smith. No, I haven't read it. This is a really good, uh, it's a really good read so far. I've only been a couple uh, chapters in, but the, I mean, it's very Kevin Smith. I mean, you're, I know you're familiar with Kevin Smith being, being a, you know, in the film and into film, but the very first sentence is 
I am a product of Don Smith's balls, which I think <laughs> is uh, kind of funny. But he 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 talks about how like uh, people that want to do something um, feel like they're unlucky because they haven't been able to do it yet. You know, like when he was struggling trying to make films at, in the very beginning before he came out with Clerks, um, he kind of felt like down on himself. And then he started talking about how like every person on the earth is already the luckiest that they'll ever be just for simply being born because the chances of being born as you are like astronomically against you. Like you're the sperm that yeah. won out of the millions of sperm that have came out, unfortunately, and, and not to be too, too grotesque, but out of every single time that you, you could have been born, you weren't until this time. So you're already winning like right off the bat. So I think yeah, that's, that's true. A, I think it's kind of funny. Um, so, what are your favorite types of films? I feel like I've seen you post a lot of more like artistic films that most like moviegoers would not be interested in seeing until they understood it a little bit more. But do you have like a specific genre or a specific director, a specific uh, type of movie that you like to watch more? Uh, let me see. My favorite films are well, my favorite films to watch are usually ones that have to do with uh like they take a, I guess you could say like it's a mixture of sci-fi, but not sci-fi like Blade Runner, where they're in this completely new, it's a future world and whatnot. I'll say sci-fi more like um, what's the what's the, what's the film I'm thinking of? Uh, Under the Skin. Have you seen that movie with Scarlett Johansson? Uh, I've heard of it, but I haven't seen that one yet. Uh, I like those type of films because it's about, uh, I mean, no spoilers or anything, but it's about an alien who disguises herself as a human on earth and her job is to get uh, i guess males to uh their spaceship or whatever to suck them dry for resources but throughout the film because she's hanging out with humans all the time like she kind of starts getting this whole human perspective on things from her alien perspective point of view and that's when you know the actual drama of the movie starts and whatnot uh i just like films that they take like a high sci-fi concept and they kind of bring it into reality kind of like um my favorite book is uh, Frankenstein by Mary Shelley. And that kind of does the same thing. Like it's, yeah, he created life and he brought it back to dead. That's the sci-fi part. But then the actual, my favorite parts of it is when uh, Frankenstein is explaining to his master, uh, or I'm sorry, the monster is explaining to Frankenstein that, you know, I, I hid out in the woods for X amount of time. And there I found a random family and I learned to speak from them. I like stuff like that, where like you bring that human element to it. So I guess you could say my favorite genre would be sci-fi slash thriller with, I guess, I guess you could say drama. I don't know. I don't really consider myself a, like a total drama person, but um, that's, um, you know, there's that. Uh, it's kind of like the films I want to make. I've been really getting into an, inanimate objects. So like, I, I have a picture, I have a film I want to make about an orange, you know, <laughs> just, uh, more specifically, a blood orange. Uh, just a blood orange, and you know, you just watch him go through his day. I mean, I, I would explain more, but that'll kind of ruin the yeah. film itself. <laughs> yeah, I know what you're talking about. I feel like, you know, I don't think there's a whole lot. I, I don't think there's enough films out there right now about objects that shouldn't be um, humanized. I guess like there's that one movie that was on Netflix for a little bit, and I've watched it before. I, I can't really remember the name. I think it was like The Killer Tire or 
the, the oh rubber rubber yeah there we go yeah it was about a, a murderous tire and like yeah the, the concept of that like when i heard what it was i was like that sounds ridiculous i need to watch it right now and i watched it and it wasn't it definitely was not bad at all um no no definitely not <laughs> but it definitely had like that taste of like there's certain people who are going to love this and there's a lot of people who are going to be like no i don't enjoy this whatsoever but i think i think there needs to be more uh more movies about inanimate objects, especially ones that don't talk and are not cartoon, like, you know, uh, Disney-fied, I guess you could say. Yeah, yeah. No, yeah, uh, let me see. Disney, they do a good job, in my opinion, about making something completely random, like, you know, Toy Story and Bugs Life and whatnot. Um, they do a pretty good job. I mean, recently, I haven't been really watching any Disney movies that come out. Like I haven't seen Toy Story. 4. I think probably the last real Disney movie I saw was Toy Story three, and that came out in 2010 or something like that. That I could that I actually liked. Um, I don't know. I feel like they kind of fell off the wagon at one point. They kind of started. They realized that sequels really were the way to go. So now we've just been getting a sequel after sequel after sequel or remake after remake. You know. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, I don't. I'm not bashing Disney at all, but uh, and I don't. I don't mean that in a bad way at all when I say like Disney-fied, but more like I mean like uh, I I feel like some like more experimental films that I've enjoyed watching are like people that like f- like kind of what you were talking about like a lo- the day in the life of this thing you know and then to try to like come up with a concept like a like a scene I guess not a scene I guess a uh, a setting and a, a different world of this thing that you wouldn't normally see it in you know what I mean the day in the life of a tree. I mean, a lot yeah. goes on. I, it looks like it's pretty boring. It just stands there. But, like, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see something about a tree, how trees can communicate via roots. You know, they send out signals. And, you know, the way grass smells. I've heard that the way grass smells when you mow it, that smell is actually something that they secrete to alert other plants of, like, danger nearby. So, like, it's almost oh, like wow. their way of screaming. I don't know if that's true. And I've said this in every single podcast. I'm going to say it in this one, too. I need, like, Joe Rogan Jamie kind of person here to check all the bullshit that i say and make sure that what i say is like not that far off because i feel like i might just blow be blowing smoke everywhere when i talk sometimes yeah uh you know casual conversation i wouldn't expect everyone to know everything that they i guess that's true and the you know the funny thing about doing a podcast that i've realized so far i've not been doing it that long but i do I've got four episodes out right now, and I've got seven or eight episodes that are already recorded and ready to go. They're just scheduled. Um, And I've noticed that, like, I will listen to myself talk, and it's almost like when people see something happen on the news, and then they start judging something that somebody did. Like, you don't realize about how I have time to analyze what I've said over and over and over again. And I could say, oh, I should have said this, I should have said that, I should have said that. But that's not really how your brain works when you're in the moment. When you're in the moment, you're your neurons and everything are firing totally differently than when you're like watching yourself talk and like can look at it objectively. So I've been much more, um, not cautious, much more, I guess, analytic of what I'm saying before I say it now, because I've kind of realized like how it's like a weird dance you have to play. If you're going to be putting videos on the internet and audio on the internet for people to listen to over and over again, because they can analyze what you're saying over and over again. And, you know, not to be, not like everybody's going to judge it, but, I'm just kind of like more careful about like what facts I put out just in case yeah. I could be totally wrong. <laughs> I mean, that's the downfall. Of, I mean, I guess it's also a good thing. It's always good to get critiqued. I guess the, but at the same time, it's also the downfall of the internet that 
anybody can just sit down and listen and just pick it apart and kind of be, I guess, a, a douchebag about it in that type of sense. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I could miss, I could misspeak one time and then have it get jabbed back. Now, I've got an episode coming out on Monday where I spoke Japanese for like three and a half, four minutes straight. And I realized that I used the wrong grammar in a couple sentences. And I didn't catch it at first until I started listening to it again. And in my head, I'm like, oh, no, someone's going to notice that. And they're going to be like, you didn't use the right particle when you were talking about this thing. And I'm going to be like, yeah, I know. And I'm going to feel really bad about myself, but I probably I probably won't care. Um, but all right, man. I want to ask you. I want to ask you the. How should I phrase this? I want to get into the dirty now. I want to get. I want to get into the All stuff right. that I think that you know a lot about that I don't know about. And for people that don't know you, um, how would you describe yourself? Uh, how would you describe the stuff that you post on the internet about, like, um, about Donald Marshall, Vril, and and all these kind of like I don't know really know what to call it. I don't want to call it theories because I feel like that's like looking down on it. But wh- how would you describe that uh, that stuff that you're that you're researching and you're looking into? Um, it's kind of hard. I mean, I guess in a way it could kind of fall into the, uh, what's the, what's the show I'm thinking about? It kind of like fall into like X-File territory where like the person talking about it, i.e. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember his name from the show, but the, the main detective, the male yeah. detective. Yeah. Uh, Detective Fox. Um, he when he talks about it in the show, like if I ever watch an episode every now and then, like I can kind of see myself like in Fox in the sense that, uh, like what I'm saying is true. Like I know it to be true. Yes, uh, what I say is listen to me. But on the other hand, it kind of is like the other detective in the back on the other side of my brain, being like, look, man, as great as infos this is, this is also stuff you just found on the internet to a degree. <laughs> so. Um, I don't want it to like not to undermine the information, but it's always good to be skeptical about it. So when I post stuff on the internet and stuff, especially when I first started it, I was a little nervous because I guess if you just think of it on a on a global scale, if someone coming up across it would be like, oh, this guy's a you know he's an idiot, and someone would post it on there. When I started posting it, nobody was commenting on it. So then I was like, well, clearly. It's not that bad to start talking about it, even if no one believes it. And eventually it just got easier to talk about. And I mean, unfortunately, this stuff is gets, yeah, like you said, the dirty, it gets depraved and nasty and kind of kind of irks people or me specifically. I, I kind of really don't like talking about it too often just because of what it is, like what it entails. But um, <laughs> I don't know. I feel like it's just something that people should know. Because even if there's uh, what was that? I want to say it's a terrible line, but from uh, the I think it's the Batman vs Superman movie where Batman's talking to Alfred like, even if there's a one percent chance that Superman could be a bad guy, like we need to be prepared for that. Like it's kind of like just like something like that. Like even if there's a one percent chance that this is true, that's some pretty scary stuff, uh, especially the way the world's heading right now. Like I would say that like twenty years ago. If I was talking about, like, if I was talking about this stuff in high school, we were together, it'd be very far-fetched sounding. But, like, just lately, um, what was his name? Uh, Elon Musk, he just came out with that uh, demonstration for chips and people's brains. I, he used pigs specifically, but uh, he just came out with that press conference basically saying that we're creating uh, a chip that can go into somebody's brain. And 
I remember Donna Marshall was talking about uh, years ago, I think around 2011, 2012, right around that time, he was saying that they would put chips into people's brains. And they said the old way of doing it was they would drill a hole into the back of the skull and then put the implant, the chip into the brain right there and then close it back up. And then he says, now they don't even need to do that. Now you can just kind of like, you can, you know, put someone under and then just pop their eye out. And then you can just, you know, stick the chip into the brain, like through the eye, open eye socket and just pop it right back in. And then out comes Elon Musk, like just earlier this year saying that, uh, oh, we can put chips into people's brains. We just need to, you know, drill a hole into the back of their head. And that's how we got the chips into this pig's brain. Um, so there's, you know, uh, <laughs> there's just weird stuff like that. That kind of, that always brings me back to like, maybe what he is saying is definitely true. Just like random bits of articles here and there that, I don't know, it's kind of hard for me to not think about the information I heard from this guy. Okay. I mean, that's a pretty good description of like what, what we're going to be talking about. Um, I, I don't remember seeing the press conference about what, uh, with Elon Musk, but I remember, I think he, I saw a podcast with him with, I think he was on a podcast with, uh, Joe Rogan talking about, uh, the, the microchips, uh, and he was talking about, oh yeah, it was very, very nonchalant the way he was talking about how you could just drill a hole in somebody's skull, put a microchip on there. And the way that he was presenting it was supposed to be a good thing, you know, like, hey, we can, you know, stop people from having uh, seizures because we can, you know, um, put electrical shocks and, and stimulate certain parts of the brain, which I've seen a lot of stuff on before. And that's true. They can really help a lot with with shock stimulation on the brain to help with seizures and other things. But you can also do some pretty bad stuff with that, too. And I, I feel like it's For sure. I feel like I would be uh, I would be remiss as I don't know if that's the right word to use or not. I would be remiss if uh, if I didn't at least leave some sort of skepticism that somebody might be up to no good with this down the road, if not right off the bat. Um, so I guess the best way to approach this, I've got some questions for you and I wrote these out based on like right. some stuff that I've seen you post and the very small amount that I could find on the internet. And then I guess we can just go from there. Cause if I just say, Hey, explain everything to me, I feel like it's going to be a, uh, way too much information. Um, and one thing yeah, I do want to say before we start, though, is what you were saying before is true. Like, if, if any of this is actually true, it's it's really terrible. It's definitely not good at all. So I could definitely see why people would be, you know, wanting to get information out there. So um, first question I have, um, <clears throat> who is Donald Marshall? I see that ha that exact hashtag on a lot of your posts. Who is Donald Marshall? Research Donald Marshall. Hashtag Donald Marshall. Um I'm, let me just tell you the little bit that I think I might know, and then you correct me where I'm wrong and then add more to it, all right? So, all right, sounds good. I think from the little bit I found on the internet that Donald Marshall is somebody who, I think there's a, a Megadeth album cover, right? Isn't that supposed to be him on the Megadeth album cover from long ago? Uh, yes. The, uh, what's the name of the album? The World Needs a Hero. Yeah, is that supposed to be him on the al album cover? Uh uh from what he's saying yes um it's supposed to be like more like a painting but um he was saying that these people <laughs> uh while they're there at uh at the cloning center it, it really is like a completely different world so like they'll be out there like uh torturing people and whatnot and you know they'll they'll like take they'll take photos and videos of that stuff while it's happening and he just happened to say that they took a photo of him and then they basically turn that photo into the painting of the front cover of the world and needs a hero. Okay. And that's how he became on that front cover. Okay. So Donald Marshall is a, 
is a guy who was either kept at the cloning facility or like captured and held there for a long time who somehow made his way out of the cloning facility and now has information about human cloning that he's uh giving people is that is that correct uh not really so it it just kind of goes into how the technology works from what he's explaining uh so the best way to describe it is there's um there's types of cloning. Like it's not just I clone you and then you know you're there. There's a uh, replication and duplication cloning. We're more like us in reality right now. We're more akin to replication cloning, i.e., um, from a baby. Like we, you, you would start like uh, the horses who are being cloned right now and stuff. You know, they start from babies and they get grown up and whatnot. That's replication cloning. Uh, duplication cloning is where it would be literally if I got. Um, your blood and I had the, you know, the, the technology and whatever, whatnot to actually be able to do it. I would be able to create a duplicate of you in about five months time, roughly around that amount of time. Um, but the way it works is that uh, there's four types of clones, possibly a fifth. I mean, it's been a while since this information came out, but the first two are they're, um They need a consciousness to drive them. They don't need a chip in their head, like with the consciousness recorded onto a chip. So, I don't know how the technology works, uh, the, how they get the, the I want to say, your consciousness out of your head. But basically, when you enter the REM stage of sleep, which unfortunately you have to enter the REM stage of sleep to actually get that full night's rest. When you do that, um, what do we think? Uh, I'm assuming it's kind of like an electrical signal almost would be coming out of your body. Whatever technology they use, they basically like, um, what's that episode of Rick and Morty? Uh, there's an episode of Rick and Morty where he's trying to take, I don't know if you watch Rick and Morty, but there's an episode of Rick and Morty where he, uh, tries to breaking into the Citadel to destroy it from the inside. The Rick, the Rick Citadel is what it's called or something like that. And the only, how he gets into the Citadel is he, he transfers his consciousness into, uh, whatever the alien thing. And then he transfers that consciousness into another one of his body doubles and then you know basically he just does that to get to the core without actually ever having to go there by himself but that's kind of how it works in this sense like you're in rem sleep and your consciousness basically gets yanked somewhere and they put it into a clone body at a cloning center so you don't actually have to be there to be at a cloning center they just need they just need have they just need access to this technology and then to have an empty vessel i.e a duplicate clone of you once they have your consciousness they put it into that other body and then Kind of like just waking up in real life. Like you, they click a button and then you just wake up. Um, and so long as you're asleep, you can run around in that clone over there. Um, so you, you wouldn't have to be kidnapped or anything. Uh, you would just be – you just have to know that when you fall asleep, there's a chance that your consciousness would be transferred into that other body. And that's how basically he got this information out was that um, – since he's not there physically, um, if you know, if you kill a clone, like that's the end of. If you were to kill somebody in real life, that's the end of them. But if you can't, if you kill a clone, it has the effects on the body are different on the actual body. Like um, you could die multiple times and not actually die in your real body. So that's kind of how it works in his situation, where he was, he's there, and he's just he's in the moment, and you know they'll do their thing to him, you know, stab him to death or something, and then. Either he'll be able to wake up in his real body and just wake up at home, or they'll just transfer his consciousness again into another clone and then wake him up there again. And then, you know, they just things just go on like that. So he's not, there is, there's no physical way 
for a clone to ever escape a cloning facility because every one of them uh, chipped. They're, mi they're microchipped. They have GPS trackers in them. And then, of course, the failsafe is they're REM-driven. So it doesn't matter if you could – let's say you do escape as the clone and they just can't capture you for whatever reason. You're probably going to be able to run for, what, a max of 12 hours straight before you just – you wake up in your real body and then the, the, uh, the consciousness just disappears from there and that body goes limp. Uh, so you would never even be able to escape, and because that's just that's assuming that's best case scenario. Like if you fall asleep for twelve hours straight and never nothing ever wakes you up. I see okay. something something around there. Yeah. Okay, so I kind of have so, a better understanding oh, yeah. of what you're saying now. So what I thought before was that he was somebody that was physically at a cloning center of some sort, and he was being cloned and seeing all this happen. But now what you what I'm hearing is somehow he was microchipped to be able to send his consciousness to a vessel, which then his consciousness would inhabit. So he was able to think, feel, see, taste everything like a normal person would. And then they would do experiments and kill him over and over again. I'm curious, does he ever explain what the, what the reasoning behind killing a clone is? Is it, is it some sort of experimentation to see like how many times you can die before it affects your consciousness or, uh, is it something to just see what happens to the human body in these circumstances because people don't come back to life over and over again when you kill them? Um, so I think when the when he explains it, like that's kind of how it started at like when the technology was first invented, like towards the beginning. Um, but let me see. There really is no purpose to kill a clone. Like you could you could just be there and then you just be there, you know, you don't need to kill anybody. But what the killing and stuff does is this is like this kind of falls into the NWO um, who who runs the world type shit. You would just uh, we all know that fear is a great way to get almost anyone to do anything. Um, so if you let's say you're not him and you're just a guy who's just there in the crowd and, you know, it's a secret. You can't talk about this place. And one day you see something where you're like, damn, you know, maybe we shouldn't have killed that guy. You know, that's that's kind of messed up. So then you would be like, well, I'm just going to go tell everybody what's going on. Well, they'll be like, well, they'll just they'll sit you down at the cloning center. You'll be in the arena and then out will come somebody. It could be him. It could be a random person. And they'll just show you. They'll be like, if you decide to talk or say anything, we're going to do this to you because you can still feel physical pain in there and whatnot. And this isn't just like some, you know, different times where like, you know, uh, the rules of nature don't exist or something. It basically works exactly like the real world. So they would sit this guy down and they'd be like, we're going to, you know, we're going to hang this guy to death while we're stabbing him to death at the same time. And they're like, if you talk, we'll do that to you. And that's basically why they usually kill people. Like, and, and the, 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 the scary part is that, you know, that just because you die as a clone there doesn't mean you actually die. So they can just do that to you. Like if they want like eight times over and you still wouldn't be dead, but you would feel all the effects of that happening to your body. So it's like it's one of those situations where like, OK, we can talk, but this is what happens when you talk and they'll just give you an example. And that person getting killed will make everyone else kind of just keep keep quiet about what's going on. OK, um, so does that mean that? Since I I answered, yeah, you have, you answer my question for sure. So does that mean that? Um, and by the way, if I'm asking you questions that seem argumentative, I'm not arguing with you. I'm just more trying to, like, get information that somebody might be asking. You know what I mean? So I'm not, oh, yeah, yeah, this is not sure. supposed to be an argument and also because I don't know shit about this at all. So I'm just, I'm just going, I'm just here for the ride and I'm, I'm here to ask questions. Um, so would that mean that 
if Donald Marshall has released all this information that pretty much every time he goes to sleep, he's getting killed or stabbed or tortured, whatever, in the cloning facility? Or did he find a way to, like, stop this uh, this connection that he has to be able to be uh, his consciousness, his con- to be able to have his consciousness moved from one place to another? Can't stop it. Um, he says the one thing they never actually explained to him, how the technology works, is how the actual the yanking of the consciousness works. So there's no, from what he can tell, there's no real way to actually stop it. Wait, but, so um, when you say, when but, you say uh, that he, that they told him, did that mean, does that mean that he used to work there or something like that? Or was he just some random person that they just cloned? So, well, I'll get into like a, what's it called? Um, I'll paraphrase, paraphrase his life basically. Okay. From what I read. Um, so basically he was young in the eighties. Uh, he was like five years old. He said when he first appeared there, um, and then what they do, I mean, here we go, the depravity. The like, they're just like a bunch of sick fucks. I mean, part of my French, like, they're, they're just a bunch of sick guys. Um, they, it's like a, what's the best way to describe it? Uh, it's like a pedophile's paradise. So they can just clone children and have sex with them whenever they want. Um, and that's what he was there for. His parents brought him there. Uh, usually, if you're a kid and you're brought there, you're brought there usually because of your parents, like lineage and you know, this comes into like who's who and who's a part of the group and whatnot. And that's a that's another topic into itself. But, you know, his parents brought him there and they were like, here, you can have our kid. You can do whatever you want with him. And one day, instead of, you know, you're there in the middle of this dirt arena and you're watching kids get like raped and tortured and whatnot. And it's he's next basically in line to get that happen to him, too. And then basically he starts singing a song, a random song, like out of the thought, top of his head. And that song actually ended up being being used by someone there. Um, it's called Lady. I can't remember who it is. It, is it Kenny Rogers? Some, something, something like that. Some artist. The name of the song is Lady. It came out in 1980. He said that was the first song he ever just like sang, just to sing, just to get out of the situation. But apparently people thought it was good enough that could he do it again? So they brought him there again, and he did. He sang another song that someone used, and – that song that they use ended up making them money. I.e., "Ladies" actually a pretty popular song. Um, and then you know the list goes on. We can talk about what songs he made and whatnot. And that's how it started. Then one day, people started. Uh, there's factions that make up the Illuminati. Essentially, it's not just like one group of people. It's like multiple factions that just basically they're like, all right, we're all working towards you know the same goal. So I guess we'll just work together. And that's where you get the actual collective called the Illuminati. But, you know, you got your Freemasons. You got your uh, just suits. You got your um, uh, what's that? What do those people call themselves? The Galactic Federation of whatever. And it, it goes into like a bunch of like miniature groups all across the world. And then these people are like, well, um, this kid, they call him the, they like to call him the golden child. This golden child like if you come and watch this kid, like he'll sing a songs and his songs are so good that they actually make money in the real world. Like, and then that's what was, and that's basically what it turned into. Like, instead of just killing him, they're like, well, we'll just let, we'll just use him. And they used him continuously to the point where he kind of couldn't keep coming up with songs off the top of his head. And that's when he explains that that's when the torture began. Like that's when they actually like started like slapping him to get songs out of him. And at first, I mean, he, he's a joker, but he jokes around and he says like, it's actually an effective way to get things done. You know, you just like stab somebody to death and you tell them they don't come up with a song. When we wake you up again, then we'll just keep doing that over and over. So eventually it turned into that. And that kind of 
turn into because there's different factions some of them religious like people started to see this guy as picture him kind of like as a deity almost like he's a reimagining of christ like oh this wonder kid came out of nowhere and he comes up with all these cool ideas and songs and he makes so much money clearly he's getting his words and stuff from a higher source so they kind of put him on even though he isn't so he said he isn't uh they put him like on a pedestal almost and when they put him on this pedestal he kind of says like they like to show off a lot in front of each other at the arena and one way they like to show off is to explain what they do and that's basically where they just for years and years because he's been going there pretty much since he was five for years and years they would just tell him the most random bits of information and then you know that kind of turns into you know an encyclopedia of knowledge basically of like how things work there how clones work and blah 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 he learned all this stuff from there over time and um eventually i think it was around 2010 ish um he basically figured out that i'm gonna start telling people this like in reality because what's going on here is pretty fucked up and that's when we kind of get rid of the situation where we're at now where um i know it sounds like i'm rambling but <laughs> it's just a, there's a lot of technology involved no you have a technology uh they have a technology called um what's it called you see it all the time in movies these days um I can't remember what it's called. It's called. Uh, it has to do with CERN. The, the they just, just uh, that company or whatever that technological yeah, company that's, that's like that's uh, the one that made the uh, the particle the particle accelerator yeah. and the something collider or whatever. I can't remember the name of it. Yeah, the hydrogen collider, or something hydrogen like collider, that. Yeah. So basically, they use that, and then they can basically use that technology to bounce back time. Um, about uh, he said the last time he said they could do it, they could probably do it like ten times max in a row. Before, like, you know, whatever, they, they cause a, they rip something open and, like, basically the whole world gets fucking sucked into a black hole. But they basically have the ability to bounce back time. So at this point in, like, round 20-ish, 10-ish, when he said he was going to start telling people, he was going to write a letter to the public. And he was just going to publish that letter online on the internet. So um, at that time, so between, like, those, like, one to eight days or whatever, like, they basically, because uh, they're watching him all the time. So like they, he was like, I'm going to write this letter. I'm going to tell everyone what's going on here. So they tortured him for like eight days straight over and over and over again, you know, like cutting off his balls and whatever, whatever terrible things you could think of. They do that stuff there all the time. They did that for like eight days straight. And eventually, because you can only, you can only bounce back time so many times before, you know, like I said earlier, the, the world collapses into itself, which then would make the whole endeavor pointless. Um, they were like, all right, well, you can publish this letter. No one's going to believe you, but you can still publish his letter. So he did. And the way the internet works is, you know, things, you know, go viral or not. Someone at some point, at some time, saw this random letter on the internet and they were like, all right. And they kind of believed him. And then it kind of grew into this thing. And then basically letter was just him explaining what the situation is, how it's done. And if you want to know more information, contact me. That was years and years ago. And then here we are today where people like me kind of come like, I just came across that letter out of nowhere like it was just on my twitter i was just going through twitter and then this random thing popped up by some random person i never even heard of and i read it the first time and i didn't believe it i think it was like a year later i reread it again because it just popped up again on my twitter like it just randomly popped up i reread it again and then i don't know i mean there's i didn't get into the whole donald marshall thing at first i was more in like a is, is paul mccartney dead type thing uh <laughs> i used to post that a lot of stuff but the stuff I was finding from figuring out if Paul McCartney was dead was coinciding with what he was saying in his letter. 
which was weird to me because, I mean, Paul McCartney being dead came out in 1969. And then in 2010, the stuff I was finding from that stuff was matching up with random information that had nothing to do with Paul McCartney's being dead. And uh, I'm not really too into coincidence. Like, I do believe it does happen. But if I see, like, you know, if you go, if you were to dig somewhere and out came water and you'd be like, oh, what a coincidence. And then you dug 30 feet a different direction and out came water. And you'd be like, what are you going to say? That's a coincidence again? Or are you going to start thinking, like, maybe there's something underneath, like, this random area of, of uh, whatever ground where water is? You know, that's kind of the way I picture it, too. Okay. That makes um, sense. I mean, that's yeah. that's a lot of information. That's that's a lot of, uh, <laughs> and I mean, I I can't say one way or another like what I really think about it because it's again I I don't know anything about this stuff. But um, I could definitely see why if someone truly believed that, like why they would want that to be out there. You know, if somebody's doing some terrible, terrible stuff, and to try to say that people don't do stuff like that when they have the capability of doing terrible stuff. I mean, Jeffrey Epstein is a prime example of like when people don't believe. That somebody will do something so evil, but these rich people that can get away with stuff. I mean, I don't know if you know this or not, but Jeffrey Epstein was arrested for this before. It was, this is not the. I mean, yeah, the last like time he was arrested. Two thousand eight, I think. Or yeah, it was like not that. the very first time that he was arrested for doing this, and he's been on multiple cases outside of court that were just settled that he got away with. Um, so he'd definitely been doing all of his evil, terrible stuff to children for so long, and kept getting away with it. So the idea that somebody that's elite that has the money that has the resources that would would do something terrible to me is not that far out there now on the other side of it though just to play devil's advocate i could definitely see how this almost sounds like and again i'm not nothing i'm saying is meant to be argumentative this is just to like keep the conversation going i could definitely see how this almost sounds like a guy who has schizophrenia mixed with a lot of stuff that might have actually happened to him you know maybe some sort of abuse or maybe some sort of like and some sort of situations he really was in kind of mixing that together and then putting it out there and then becoming famous off of it or popular off of it and then continuing to put stuff out there but then again yeah like you said coincidences are hard to hard to look at um either way i find that i don't want to say this is entertaining in a bad way you know what i mean like i don't i don't mean to say like oh this is like watching the cartoon or like that to to make it seem to downplay anything at all um, but it's definitely, um, I don't know, I don't know what word to use for it. It it's almost sounds like a sci-fi movie. Like to be completely honest, the, it, yeah. it really almost sounds like a yeah. sci-fi movie. Yeah, I, yeah, definitely. Uh, like it has, cause I mean, we've seen stuff like this in movies all the time. Um, yeah, there was a Netflix special yeah. or Netflix TV uh, show. Uh, I can't remember the, I, I'm sure you probably know what it was where they would download their consciousness onto microchips and they would put those chips into different bodies and they could therefore control that person's body. Um, Ultra Carbon, yeah. Ultra yeah. Carbon. I really like that show. But it's kind of funny that that came out and then people are talking about microchips in this whole new way. Um, so yeah, there's definitely a lot of coincidences out there right now, for sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I guess my... Yeah, my, I mean, no, definitely. Oh, yeah, yeah, go oh, ahead. Sorry about that. Um, I guess my confusion is like um maybe just understanding why like i guess understanding the point you know because i guess in my from my perspective i i I feel like people that are rich enough can do whatever they want already i guess maybe i I could say the why would be to try to figure out the technology behind it and like you know not just doing evil terrible stuff because they feel like it but you know if they can take this technology farther then they could live forever or they could learn how to you know get exponentially more powerful uh, but at the same time, I just feel like, wouldn't it be easier just to like 
stab a real person to death. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it kind of seems like, I mean, not to laugh like it's like it's uh, funny, but you know, it kind of seems like uh, yeah, no, very no. interesting. <laughs> so talking about Paul McCartney and, and and other stuff, I've heard of like a lot of theories about like Avril Lavigne, Paul McCartney, Taylor Swift, Beyonce being replaced by these people. And I, from the very small amount I've actually looked into this, it almost sounds like somebody had posted something somewhere and said that if you agree to allow them to clone you, then they'll reward you by like helping you get to where you want to be, I guess. Is that something that you've uh, seen before or am I really far off with what I read? No, I mean, you're pretty much on the money. Um, Besides the people that are kind of forced into it, like, you know, children that were born into it almost type of situation. There are artists like, yeah, like Madonna, Rihanna, all of them, et cetera, et cetera. Some of them really did just like we're our age or something. They get cloned five months later. They wake up in the spot and um, they uh, they use like they use technology, uh, memory suppression technology. Um, the best way to describe it is there's like articles written about how like scientists are using basically light on a rat's or a mice's brain to like whatever like light they flash on a specific part of the brain, like it can cause uh that that mice or whatever mouse to uh to forget something like it almost like that light kind of like blocks out well they kind of use that exact technology to bring anyone there first just to see if like they're okay with what's going on here and you know they come there and you know they accept it like some of them obviously they're where they are where they are so they accept like they accept they accept what's going on and then they wake up in their real bodies or whatever and then they kind of remember and if you don't accept then you wake up in your real body and you don't it never happened because you don't remember so um, something like that. Um, so they do accept it. And when they accept it, it always is the exact same pity story to a degree. Like, I'm just going to use these people to get me rich for X amount of time. And, you know, when they get cloned, it's not just to get cloned just to, like, control them. It's usually just for, like, sex slaves. Like, you can just make sex slaves out of clones. So uh, if you hear, like, uh, Jennifer Aniston there, like, well, yeah, she's getting fucked there every night by, like, some random person. Just because the person who should get fucked by has the power to give them that job, and um, it, and it, you know it works kind of like in that sort of manner where like you just yeah you just basically turn yourself to be a sex slave, or for most for like that's the most part of it, and then obviously you have other people that uh, really are like more like they're just being used like just to get a message across like a very specific message across, but for the most part you're just being used for that very specific thing, and then at one point every around every one of them kind of realizes that, okay, well, I, I'm, I'm rich enough. I have enough money. I, I don't need these record labels anymore, blah, 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 whatever. So they're like, well, I want out. That, that never happens because of the fact that you can fall asleep and they can just take your consciousness whenever they want. So to some degree, like you basically created like this prison you're in where you're, I mean, if you could find a way to stay awake forever, then yeah, I guess you would be out technically. But <laughs> Um, so long as like you fall asleep and whatnot, they'll do whatever they want and then they'll do whatever they want to your kids. They'll do whatever they want to your family. You know, your, your mom who had nothing to do with it, they'll clone her and they'll rape her in front of you and just be like, this is, you know, you signed up for this and you're not going to do anything about it because it's happening in their domain. Like there's, you have no power there at all. So uh, yeah, a lot of these artists, uh, I feel a lot of them do want out. Like I, I would say 90% of them want out of the situation they're in. So they'll always, uh, they'll always bring it up every now and then. Like, uh, 
what's her name? I just, I think uh, October 31st last year, or no, I'm sorry, this year, yesterday, actually, Ariana Grande just released her new album and it's called R.E.M. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what else to say about that other than, <laughs> I mean, that's a little too weird to me just in general, but they'll just come out and just say random stuff like that. And they're just kind of hoping that somebody who knows what's going on will be uh, will be able to do something about it because they're completely powerless. Like there is no, whenever you hear people kind of say like, oh, well, like, you know, Trump is, uh, he's not a part of him because he broke away from the cabal. You know what I mean? He's the guy, you know, he's the guy telling everyone what's going on. It's like, well, no, because if you believe in this technology, then technically, no. Like, even if he did break away and he was like, fuck you guys, I'm not going to talk. I'm going to tell everyone the truth. It would never happen because he would just wake up that night at the cloning center and they'd be like, if you talk, we're going to do this to you. And then they'll chop his balls off right then and there or something. And then he'll wake up and be like, well, that'll happen to you every night. You know what I mean? It's like one of those things. And no one's, no one there is important enough. Well, most people there, artists in particular, aren't important enough to to get a, to like get around the whole "I'm important enough that I can't die" type of situation. So, I no one can touch me. Like, there's really no one there besides very select few that are that live like that. So, every one of them is in constant fear of death at all at all points in time. So, how would you? How do you know what? celebrities rich people people that are famous how do you know which people are involved in this and which people are not is it simply the uh small like indications like ariana grande releasing an album called rim or like this celebrity tweeting this cryptic message that kind of has some uh like meanings that connects to it or instagram post or how 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 is this all like differentiated between like somebody just being weird and somebody that might be uh, in a situation like that well the thing is is that (laughs) You really don't know. Like, yeah, they, there are celebrities that hint and they'll just say something. They'll wear a shirt on uh, TV that says clone, you know, like just random stuff like that. Like that's like your probably biggest hint that they're a part of it. Or, you know, like eye symbols, you know, I, you see me post pictures of people doing like this and, you know, this, you know, you got like your obvious photos, like those ones. But you would never be able just to look at someone in the eye and just be like, oh, you're totally a part of the Illuminati. because it's not just um, artists and celebrities and popes and blah, blah, blah. It's also like random people in random areas. Like it could be um, your neighbor for all you know. And he may be living that poor life, but he's like in like 10 years time, I'll be rich because we have this whole plan set up for me in the future. So like I'll be that regular guy in the street, but we got this whole little backwards thing going on at the cloning center where some, some miracle events happen where I end up getting propelled to the spotlight that type of situation. So there really is no like definitive way just to look at someone. I mean, yeah, there's obviously the rich are an easy targets, but like I said, even some of them don't even know that um, they go there. Like people in bands, like it can only be one band member that actually attends cloning where the other three don't like it usually lead singers. Like um, anyway, yeah, like a lead singer could be, Oh, I go to REM cloning. I come up with the songs. But in reality, it's like in reality, he's telling them that, you know, I, I'm a genius. Like I just wake up every night and I come up with these songs in the morning and then we make this music. But in reality, he's at the cloning center, like torturing some kid. And then this kid's like comes up with a random song that sounds good. They take that and then they use that in the real world. Like, OK, that's, <laughs> that's, yeah, something like that. So it's it almost sounds like uh, there's no real way to tell who's I mean, besides like the little messages here and there. 
Um, and, and I, that's the one thing I was curious about too, because, uh, I've seen that whole like one eye symbolism thing that you've posted a lot. I've seen other people post stuff like that before. And the crazy thing is like, I've done photos like that before where people have like one eye exposed and one eye not exposed. And so that's what kind of got me like thinking like, well, how do you differentiate between like what is and what isn't? I guess, I, I guess the best way to summarize what you're saying is there's not really a way to do that. You just kind of, you know, take it as it is and say, Hey, that's possible. Or maybe not at the same time. So, um, Okay, so what would you say to somebody that would say that what you're what you're talking about and um, what you're sharing kind of sounds like really far fetched or really hard to believe is true because of the because you know somebody could just torture a real person instead of a clone or if they did have a clone and they didn't want them to talk about it they could just kidnap the clone and bring them to the cloning facility and just keep their real body alive and clone them over and over again, like keep them in some sort of like cage or something like that. What would you say to somebody that thinks it's like a little bit too far out there? Like, how would you, how would you get them to see that, uh, that what you're saying has more like evidence than just, uh, like internet theories again, like not trying to be argumentative, just trying to like move along. The no, conversation. Yeah, I, yeah, I totally get it. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely had conversations like this before. Um, well, I mean, really, it's really up to that person. That's the most important part. Like, it really depends on who you're talking to. Like, it doesn't matter if we, if me and you sat down for a week straight and we talked about this and I was like, well, you know, this, this, and this. And then we look over here and then we look over there. If you're just not, if you are not even slightly open-minded, you'll never, ever believe it. And that's the one type of person. And then you got the people who are skeptical. Like, uh, like I would say, like someone like you, like, obviously, like, you know, it's not, it could not be real, but it could be real. How do I convince you? Um, repetition, man. <laughs> I learned that in films, dude. <laughs> just repetition. I don't have to convince you that it's real. I just got to keep showing you over and over again using different sources that they're talking about the same thing just in their own way. And eventually someone kind of semi kind of starts to pick on. I mean – yeah, it's yeah, kind of like in just film. keep talking about it. Yeah. yeah, like in film when somebody's running away from like a like in a slasher film when somebody's running away from the bad guy, they're always going to trip. So it's so repetitive yeah. that we expect it to happen. Or yeah, it's kind of funny. Yeah, I mean, I think. Yeah, um, just- <clears throat> and you're right. Like I, I don't want when I do these kind of podcasts, and I'll definitely I've got to figure out how to phrase it and what to say at the beginning of the podcast because so far I've been like introducing the person I'm talking to and introducing what we're talking about. Uh, so I've got to enter something in there to like let them know like hey this is what someone thinks i cannot 100 percent say yes or no to anything you know, like just when i was talking to the pastor as well like i can't t- tell everybody like hey what this person is saying is absolute truth or what this person is saying is wrong um so i guess i do definitely fall underneath the skeptic category i'm also a believer in the fact that like especially with like um i don't know should th- would this be called a conspiracy theory or how would you classify like what what this is called a conspiracy theory to me is not always false sometimes it's like a conspiracy it's the idea of a conspiracy it's the possibility of a conspiracy that's not yet been proven so that's what i think of the word conspiracy theory but some people take take the word conspiracy theory and say it has negative connotations because they go too far with it and it's all fake so I mean, could you class? Would you classify this whole concept as a conspiracy, conspiracy theory, or would you have a certain way to to like phrase it in a word? Besides, like super fucked um, up if it's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, if I summarize it, um, I wouldn't even use the word conspiracy theory. I really don't like the word conspiracy theory because um, 
not that it always brings up negative connotations. Like, oh, obviously this is going to be like some, like a flat earth type thing or something like that. You're just like, your mind instantly kind of just turns, shuts down or whatever. Um, I just want to be like, dude, this is just uh, an idea, uh, a concept. A possibility. That a possibility. Because the problem with conspiracy theory, especially in today's world, we like to, people will use it correctly when it first comes out. But then as time goes on, the definition kind of, become something else and like if you go on youtube and you go oh there's a conspiracy theory that xbox is going to buy sega like is that really a conspiracy theory like you know what i mean like I that's not what really mean. what a conspiracy theory is. you know what i mean but it, like that's what it kind of becomes like uh people just kind of take the idea that it's something that someone is plotting somewhere and just being like well it's, it's clear it's conspiracy even though xbox buying sega has nothing to do with like people getting together trying to come up with like something that sabotages a government or something from the inside like but it, it's just the term itself like it just creates like that definition when used over and over so i try not to even be like just listen to this theory or whatever so okay. like just listen to this listen, let me tell you what this is and then you know think of it what you will okay cool so i i i will not uh refer to this as a conspiracy theory then like i said i'm i mean even if there's stuff on here that like when I talk to anybody, if somebody says something I don't agree with, that just means that I don't agree with it. That doesn't mean that anybody else can't agree with it. That doesn't mean that I'm right at all. I'm wrong a lot. I'm wrong way more than I'm right. And I think I've just kind of like learned to accept the fact that sometimes I'm wrong and sometimes other people are right. Um, so I, I guess, again, I'm somebody that hasn't done a whole lot of research on this. And there's not a whole lot of information of this on the internet that you can find really easily. And that kind of feeds into both sides of it, you know. From somebody that's a skeptic, I would say... Well, probably because there's not a, back, a whole lot of hard evidence and it seems like a whole lot of word of mouth. So that would make sense that there's not a lot of this on the Internet. And somebody that might believe this very wholeheartedly would say, well, the reason there's not a lot of this on the Internet is because it's being filtered or censored. You know, which if it's true, that's very possibly true. The reason why you don't see a whole lot of this. Yeah. Um, I, I'm a very firm believer, though, that in any sort of um, possibility, in any sort of theory, any sort of anything, there's oftentimes like a middle ground with it, you know. Like uh, when somebody comes out and says that people are putting chemicals in water to turn people gay, right? They weren't. Yeah. What they were actually doing is they found a way to put chemicals in water to turn to change frogs' gender, which or change frogs' sex, which uh, is not really the same thing. But I, but like it almost like it comes from a truth of some sort, you know. So anytime I hear something yeah, like yeah. this, like there's always some sort of truth behind something. I I think it's po it's entirely possible. Um, and I don't want to get too hard into possibility of, of a situation like this because there's a million possibilities of this. You know, it's it's possible that none of this is all real and we're all just in a dream, anyways. Um, I don't actually believe. Yeah, exactly. per personally, I don't actually believe that at all. But I, I'm just talking about possibilities. Neither do I. Yeah, it's possible that this Donald guy, like I said, it is schizophrenic and or just has these ideas. You know, for whatever reason, it's possible that all this is entirely true, and it's possible that there's a middle ground somewhere where. Maybe he's got mental health issues because all this terrible stuff happened to him before. And it's maybe it's not a cloning facility, but maybe it does this and this. And maybe they've talked about cloning before. They put microchips in people's brains to make them act differently or do different things. So there's always like a middle ground that's very possible. And again, I'll, I'll, I'll fall back on the fact that um, that people call a lot of people crazy until they realize that the crazy stuff they're talking about is true or even somewhat true. Yeah. Then they're just like, Oh, you weren't crazy. You were just like kind of right or kind of just only a little off, you know? Um, exactly. So I've got a couple more questions for you related to this, but before we get into that, I'm just curious, have you talked to a lot of people that like 
believe um, the exact same as you do that everything that is going on. I mean, I know you said you seem like you you reserve a little part of your brain that says like, hey, this might not be true. And then part of your brain is like, well, this could very well be true. And if it is, then it needs to get out there. Um, so I feel like you're kind of on the on the side of somebody that's highly intelligent and highly intelligent people. It seems like always leave open a space for them to be incorrect. You know, it's, yeah. it's very It's very different. It would, this would be a different conversation if you believed 1000 percent. There's no way any of this is misconstrued at all. Um, but yeah, yeah. Do you talk to a lot of people that are like kind of on the same wavelength as you, like as far as this, like you met people on the internet that you talk to back and forth and trade information back and forth about this, or is it like a pretty uh, much like individualistic thing at the moment? Um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely people out there that do definitely believe it. And I've talked to them before. Um, but truthfully, when it comes to like talking, the problem with talking about people that believe what you believe is that you're always going to sound right. So, um, what do you mean? Like, uh, like, because there's no right or like wrong. Were, so there that way it's like hard to disprove. You're like, cause if I'm talking to someone, let's say like you actually did a hundred percent believe me. Then like you said, this conversation would be completely different. Like we would be, it would just be us just talking about this. Like we wouldn't be talking about the nuances that go into it and whatnot. But, uh, I prefer talking to people that don't believe it and that have like, that could, that it could possibly be true. Cause I mean, I post stuff on my Instagram, my Facebook and whatnot. But honestly, the only people I care that actually do, you know, like like it or, you know, talk about it are like you, like people I actually know that I know don't believe it. Those are the only people I really care. Like, yeah, there's plenty of people online who do believe it and they'll like it no matter what. But when I see someone who doesn't believe it, like I do, and they like it, that's how I know like something, uh, something I'm saying is clicking at some point in time at one, you know, something like that. Um, and if anything, at least somebody's aware that there's other things out there that they're not aware of. Yeah, I would consider someone I know personally that likes it a victory over somebody who believes it. Same that I do. Liking it is the best way I can think uh, describe it. That makes sense. And, you know, like just to go back to uh, things that were, quote, conspiracy theories, quote, like, I, again, I'm not calling this conspiracy theory, but things that people didn't believe in the past and they were brought to life. Right. Um, that were proven to be true, that the CIA allowed crack cocaine to flood South Central LA to fund a drug war in Nicar- or to fund a war in Nicaragua. <laughs> you know, like that yeah. was proven to be true. And the, the reporter that reported on it was found supposedly like killed himself in like a very awkward situation. I mean, they were even like, you know, they went to federal court in front of the Supreme Court and talked about like, yeah, we did. And, you know, uh, there's also the fact that we, that the U.S. government gave people, uh, what was it? Was it gonorrhea or was it uh, syphilis or something like that, like in South America, in the form of vaccines, saying it was vaccines, and then encouraged them to have unprotected sex so they could see, like, the long-term effects of, like, having this STD that's untreated and, like, how fast it would spread and all this stuff. So, I mean, there's there's a lot. I mean, that being said, again, I need somebody like Jamie on this podcast to, like, be able to double-check everything I'm saying because this is all just, like, from memory and I haven't looked this up in a long time. It's not like I did research on that before this. Uh, but you can find oh, time and time and time and time again where, like, a government entity or a person or this thing happens and it's terrible. It's absolutely insane. And the people that talk about it beforehand are looked at like they're completely, you know, ridiculous and insane. And then you find out later on, yeah. oh, the reporter was, you know, he suicided himself with two shots to the back of the head. 
in a park in his car and you're like wait a minute how do you how do you suicide yourself like the bat who that doesn't make any sense and so um, exactly yeah and so the idea that there's elite rich people that do terrible terrible stuff that we don't know about or we do know about just don't actually believe is not that far-fetched to me um this situation seems a little a little hard to grasp but also this is a whole lot of information all up front that i've just never really heard of so I do want to talk more about um, – <clears throat> oh, by the way, you, I heard you mention Freemason. Did you see that I have a podcast with the Freemason that's up right now? No, I was actually going to watch that over uh, when I was working tomorrow. Yeah, so, <laughs> so yeah, there's a guy who's a, a friend of mine. He's dating my wife's – one of my wife's best friends um, who's a Freemason who became a Freemason not too long ago. I met him a little while after he started doing the Freemason stuff, and I asked him tons of questions about like – what is Freemasonry? What do you do when you go there? What do you do outside of there? How do you become one? What what does it all entail? It's, it's really interesting. Um, but I've also heard a lot of conspiracy theories about Freemasons in general, a lot of ideas about what they do and what they don't do about like Illuminati and everything like that too, which yeah, I'm kind of ske- I'm a little bit more skeptical about the Freemason stuff just because I know this guy pretty well. And I also know that he's not like rich or like powerful at all so it's like oh, yeah it's like it's like i've heard some of these ideas where people are like oh yeah they take like uh i was really sarcastic at the beginning of the episode and i said like oh do freemasons take a blood oath surrounded by people in cloaks to overthrow the government and everything um this guy's like a vegan and he plays he plays jazz guitar and like has no money <laughs> so it's kind of like well maybe but i don't know i just like i thought you might find that one interesting but um let's talk about let's talk about the queen of england because oh, here we go. yeah, I, I've seen a lot of posts about the Queen of England in regards to uh, this kind of situation. Is is, is she supposedly a uh, key player in in somebody that funds this or like is involved heavily in in like uh, human cloning, or is this like a separate a separate issue altogether with uh, with uh, Queen Elizabeth? I hope she never um, hears this so... podcast because she's probably going to be really upset at me for for bringing this up. <laughs> Let's, you know, let's, let's pray, you know, <laughs> but, uh, no, she's definitely from what he's describing it, uh, Donald Marshall, he, she, uh, Vladimir Putin, um, Justin Trudeau or whatever that guy is, the head of Canada, what right now, whatnot, like there's like major, especially basically the heads of like countries, like the actual top, top leaders of countries, they all have a stake in this and they all like cloning because of like, the obviously like the way the world works, like. It's not in favor for us, that's for sure. Um, that's you mean like, that. like not in, you mean like not in favor of like everyday people and more in favor of people that have power and money. Exactly. <laughs> like, uh, is that yeah? Exactly how you described. That's how I'm, I'm talking. Um, they're de- she's definitely a part of it. She's definitely one of the ringleaders. Um, the way he describes her is so. Again, you know, put your skeptic glasses on. He basically says that while he was there, like because of what he was doing and, you know, making, he was very popular there. She owns this, um, this cloning center. It's, it's one of the only ones in the world that are actually above ground. And she's saying, or he's saying that it's, um, somewhere located in, in Canada, like a very specific part of Canada where kind of like the area 51 situation, like you could walk a certain degree to it, but eventually you are going to get stopped before you get anywhere even close to it. He says it kind of works like that. Like somewhere in Canada, there is an above ground cloning center in like a foresty area. The main one, this, this, this is the main cloning center. This is where the heads of countries go. This is because there, there's cloning centers all over the world. Uh, they kind of like Starlink, they'll broadcast, uh, a, they'll broadcast a video or whatnot 
and um, they'll transfer that video log from that main cloning center so everyone else in the other cloning centers around the world can watch it at the same time. So this main one, like I said, is where all the main players go. And sometimes there will be big artists there like Jay-Z and blah, blah, blah. But like the big head honchos who run stuff usually always go to this above cloning center in Canada that she owns. Now, he really hates her. Like he basically became her slave, like her sex slave, basically. And she just did whatever she wanted to him at any point in time. And one thing she did like to do was use him as a tool to stay in power from everyone else because the way he describes it is they are just real people like in the end they're not gods and whatnot they're just real people with fucked up mindsets and um her mindset is that because i'm the queen of england like i'm i'm famous because i'm the queen of england not because i do something but just because i am the queen of england and because of that she can use basically anything to her advantage people want to get in favor with her and what now i don't know why but people want to get in favor with her they want to be her friend and whatnot they'll laugh at her shitty jokes and whatnot there um she used him as a catalyst for people to actually think that she really like, has a lot more power than so because people are coming to her cloning center to see the golden boy sing a song in front of them and she's like oh well you know i found him that's mine you know like that type but she really has no claim to fame there like she's like i said she doesn't really do anything um but she is definitely one of the major players there she definitely is someone who likes to who wants these uh centers to keep running uh and she's terrible um <laughs> i mean he has a story where he was like one day he was talking to them at the cloning center you know like uh, you can only kill someone for so long until like eventually you kind of just turn into a normal conversation and he's like that happens a lot there like they don't really have much to talk about so they'll be talking about anything and then they'll he was explaining there's a story where they came out with like these gold tinfoil roasted things like it was something wrapped in gold tinfoil and they unwrapped it and it was babies like it was like little it was like fetuses almost like that were that were baked and whatnot wrapped in golden tinfoil he was explaining like they eat that like they just eat it there just because they can now that sounds very far-fetched obviously but what was weird about that is a couple years ago there was an article that popped up now every information i'm telling you is old information from donald marshall i'm talking like 2011 2012 type stuff like and then yeah like that's basically where all the information comes from so like a couple years ago at like i think it's like 2015 maybe 2014 there's this guy who gets caught on a plane he was smuggling something from this is a real news article he's smuggling something from i can't remember what country but basically he was smuggling golden tinfoil roasted babies like it was a, it was a baby wrapped in gold tinfoil and he was he was smuggling that from country to country and he got caught so <laughs> i mean like when i read that article i was like okay i mean i, I well, guess this was a so that was like an actual news article somewhere that that like somebody got caught smug, smuggling like fetuses in a like tinfoil yeah, it's definitely yeah, it's definitely an article. You could look it. I'd have to like look it up right now in the specifics, but um, yeah. I mean, it's not it's really not that hard to find because it's a pretty unique story. So yeah, that sounds <laughs> um, pretty so like, uh, yeah, pretty unique. And you know, when it comes to that, I do think that's that sounds a little. I mean, not not if I'm being entirely honest, I feel like almost all of it sounds pretty far fetched. But like exactly. I said, there's almost always like some sort of truth behind some like everything, you know. Um, and talking about the fetuses, I'm definitely going to have to put, like, a very explicit, like, like warning before this <laughs> thing to say, like, hey, just so you know, and it might even be this right here, just so you know, everything we're talking about in this podcast is, like, very explicit and very, it's got a lot of violence in it, it's got a lot of 
terrible stuff, so don't listen with any children at all. If you're under the age of 21, just go home and, and don't listen to this. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, you know, I people, especially when it comes to stuff like that, they immediately write it off and they're like, ah, oh, there's no way. That's, that's too far out there. But that being said, there have been stories about people who, like I read a story not too long ago about how um, – the was it the CEO of Planned Parenthood? I don't know. I need I need a Jamie on here for sure. I don't I don't know if it was the CEO of Planned Planned Parenthood or who it was, but somebody that was very high up in Planned Parenthood was laughing about how they were selling the fetuses that they had aborted or like some sort of like like genetic material from them. I don't know if it was stem cells or what it was exactly. And they were like laughing about it as if it was like not as if they were talking about how they like you know like use leftover bread to make something else you know they you, they were talking about it and so nonchalantly yeah. laughing about it and that's an audio clip that you can find very easily and uh that's something that um actually uh was it kamala harris i can't remember how to say her first name kamala harris whatever um I like that, yeah. yeah she was like you know trying to sue the reporter that had recorded them during that conversation by saying like well you can't let information like that out uh uh, because you recorded them without their permission, regardless of the fact that they were talking about all the terrible, terrible stuff that they actually do that at, like some facilities and regardless of the fact that they were that they were uh, um, like doing a lot of weird stuff with their funding and that he had kind of like proven that they were doing a lot of weird stuff like that. Uh, they didn't want that to be out there for some weird BS reason. That being said, I'm not I'm not uh, advocating one way or another for anything, whether like any politics or anything like that. That just my whole point is just to point out that um, people do terrible stuff and there is a lot of there's a lot of evidence that people do terrible stuff. So to think that there's stuff that people do that we don't know about, it's possible still. So, I mean, I'm still, I'm yeah. st I think, yeah. I mean, even after this conversation, I think I'm still going to be a skeptic. No, no offense or anything, but uh, at least it's, it's a, uh, it's a conversation. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a good conversation. I think the problem with all this stuff is that unfortunately it is a lot of information. Like we're not going to get through it in, an hour and 10 minutes, you know, like that's the reality of the situation. Like I couldn't just, I could sum it up, but summing it up leaves out so much of the intricate details that it still sounds skeptical. But if I start talking about the intricate details, then we're talking about one subject for an hour straight. And we, we're not talking about almost anything at that point. And that concludes the episode with Alex Marish. So thank you for listening. Part two will be coming out eventually. I don't know exactly when, but in part two, we dive a little bit deeper into something called Vril which is uh, something I had no idea about at all until Alex talked about it. I'd heard the word on like TV and on like conspiracy theory YouTube videos, but I never actually learned anything about what the idea of it was. So we talk about that. We talk about some other things as well. So if you want to hit that episode up, just keep an eye out for part two with Alex Marish. Not sure when it's going up in the next couple weeks. Remember, I do drop episodes every Monday and every Friday. So check back on Monday and Friday. I've got a new episode up all the time. I've got a lot of interesting guests that have already recorded episodes with. So make sure you follow, like, subscribe, give ratings, do whatever you have to do to keep getting these episodes so that you can make sure you don't miss out on anything good. Thanks, and have a wonderful day.